Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. All right, let's lift our hands to God. Let's lift our hands to God. And just before I get into the Word, we're going to pray in the Spirit for two minutes. And if you're at home, I want you to join in this praying tongues for two minutes and then I get into the word. Are you ready? Are you ready? Lift your two hands and pray like a member of the new. watching on YouTube, on Instagram, on Mixlr, on Facebook, and everywhere you're watching from, both across all the new installations and um, those in diaspora and everybody. This evening, I come to you with the word of the Lord. Now, I just want to say this here. According to the teachings we've been doing during midweek service, we've been talking about our foundational Christian doctrines from the book of Hebrews chapter 1, chapter 6 and verse 1 and verse 2. And the last where we stopped was on the doctrines of laying on of hands. And I taught about that and then we couldn't have that because the next week afterwards was Dr. K around and then this last Tuesday... Um, I felt led to talk about the coming election and I spoke about that and I really believe that if you go watch what I've said and some of the things that I said in coded words uh, about the things that the Lord shared with me uh, last Tuesday uh, you, you can understand all that is going on right now and you are not um, you are not shaking a move you see this is why we have prophecies and prophetic words to prepare us ahead of times to come and anyway, back to this week, um, it was important that we started to go back to what we're teaching initially. Now, let me explain something. I don't want to say something so powerful here. Yesterday, I caught myself, <laughs> and this is very funny. I realized that I spent nothing less than six to eight hours, if not more, following the election. I was jumping from one TV station to another TV station 
I was almost like the INEC chairman that wanted to announce results. I was just following everywhere. Then it occurred to me, now it's okay, I mean, there's nothing wrong doing that. But it occurred to me that, you know, you can have something that is good, but let me put it this way. If you take Coke, Coke is good, yes or no? I mean, it refreshes your body. But if you take too much of it, it can affect you. And what that means is that I realized that I was getting into the whole thing and there's nothing, I mean, it's patriotic, it's good to do that. But I realized that I started getting distracted from my own personal journey as well. And I know that has happened to many of you already. I know. I'm telling you, some people have not prayed in the last two days because our emotions are mine. And it's good, it's patriotic. As a member of the new, I give a good hands for you. But don't forget that God still has plans for you. Glory to God. Uh -huh. So you have to know how to balance that. And that's why we are going back to our teaching on our foundational Christian doctrines, rooted. And so that we are not, because there is no, you don't take sabbatical. You don't take spiritual sabbatical. You can go on holiday, but you can't take spiritual sabbatical. You can't take spiritual leave. There's nothing called spiritual leave. The devil doesn't take leave. Glory to God. Alright, so when you begin to see that thing, you know how to balance it back. And that's why tonight, I'm teaching on a powerful subject. And I want you to listen very carefully. Uh, as a day before yesterday, or I think on Monday, I told the planning team who organized the services and all that, that the team for the service would be our foundational Christian doctrine, quite alright. But I was going to focus on eternal judgment. Now let's go to that scripture. Let's go yet. Yes. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. Hebrews 6 verse 1, alright, it says, Therefore, laying the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Number one, so repentance from dead works, we're talking about our foundational principles of Christ, and so we taught on foundation on repentance of dead works. I think we taught that like five weeks ago. So the first one was repentance from dead works. We've thought about that. The second one was then faith towards God. And when we came to faith towards God, I taught it from the perspective of our faith to God and also on giving, particularly on the subject of tithing. And now if you have a problem with tithing, you don't understand what it means to tithe, both from the um, Levitical order and also the uh, Melchizedek order, you go and listen to that message. It was so powerful. It's on YouTube, so you can go and listen to it. Then we went to the doctrine of baptism, and I said we're going to hold on on that because I wanted that to be the last one that we're going to teach because the, the doctrine of baptism is very connected to the Holy Spirit, and I wanted us to go from there to the teachings about the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire and all the likes, right? So we post on that for a little bit. Then we skipped that there, and we went to the doctrine of the laying on of hands. What does it mean to lay hands? What does impartation mean? And so I thought about that. You can go on YouTube and watch that on YouTube. Then I told the planning team that the next thing we want to talk about here was then the doctrines of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. That was what we're supposed to teach today. Now for a moment, yes, this morning, last night, when I was meditating about it in my mind, I felt a restraint by the Holy Spirit to teach it. And I'll tell you why. Because there's no way I would teach it that I would not talk about what is going on in Nigeria and the world. There's no way. And you know, everybody's looking for uh, sound bites now. They are just looking for something to take and put online. 
particularly, I mean, I'm sure everybody wants to know what, uh, the, what the new pastor thinks. So I don't want to blow for the wrong reasons. So, I, and in collaboration with the Holy Spirit, I feel led to move it and we'll talk about it, you know, so that in case people are disappearing, they'll say, ah, it's like God has come. That's why all of these things is happening. Because if you read the, anyway, so today we are not talking about this one. Glory to God. What we are going to focus on today is so powerful. Listen, guys. And it's on the doctrine of the law. The doctrines of the law. Now, and I'm going to teach it from a different perspective, but I want you to listen to it prophetically. Because I'm going to teach those three laws very quickly, because that's not where I'm going to. The Lord has given me a word in season. The Lord has given me a word for the now. The Lord has given me a word for the new and for your life. And I want you to pay very close attention to it. And when I begin to teach it towards the tail end, all right, you would understand deeper what I'm talking about. My message tonight might seem like that of Kenneth Hagin. And let me explain what I mean by Kenneth Hagin. I didn't used to like to listen to Kenneth Hagin for many reasons. Number one, I feel like Kenneth Hagin's, you know, Kenneth Hagin's message is like that um, jollof rice, bottom, bottom belly, bottom pot. In the beginning, I would first struggle with it. What's this man saying? What's he? Very easy to say. But towards the middle and towards the end, it just, there's so much a switch there. It's always so powerful. And so this evening, my message will be somewhat like that. And I want you to listen very carefully because, like I always say, you might think you know where I'm going to, but what? You don't. So sit back, relax, and let's go through this teaching because, you see, it is very important that we have foundational understanding. If you want to build a skyscraper, you have to go deeper. Your foundation has to be deeper so that you can build up. And that's the same way. It's the same way when the Lord is telling us in this season that we need to be rooted. He's not only talking about what we need to do spiritually. It's also a spiritual indication as to where we are going to. Everything God tells you in the present is an indication of the future. Every single thing. And that's why it's very critical that this season the Lord wants to guard our loins. The Lord wants to get us ready. Because the journey is very far. So the emphasis of God this season is eat. For the journey is so far. Eat, eat, eat. You need to eat to stupor and keep eating because the journey is so far, you would not have enough time to wait to eat because where you are going to, imagine you are running a relay race and you stop to buy uh, food and you are running a relay race. You know that you are not serious with life. That's the way life is. That's where this season is for us. And that's why this emphasis in this time is to pay attention to the roots, to deep things. Particularly our foundational doctrines. It's so crucial. It's so crucial. So then, doctrine on the law. Doctrine on the law. Let's start out by opening our Bible to the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. I remember that midweek services is like Bible study. So we go through one scripture to another scripture. We cross-reference scriptures. And we go through it so that we can have a rapt understanding of what the word of God says, but not only to understand so that we can also be able to apply it. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. All right, so the law, the doctrine of the law. Now, we understand what the winning of the word law means. The Hebrew word of law means Torah, which also means law. And what that truly means is a rule, a rule of engagement, the rule of process. 
It means that if you want to make a call, it's a law that you must dial the number and press the green button. We still use green button. Whatever button we use now, you press it and then the call enters. You cannot assume, all right, that you want to make a call and you're just thinking, let this call go through, let this call go through. Without engaging with the law required for the call to go through, you would only be thinking about the call, but the call will never happen. And that's how laws are. It's the same law of law of gravity. They have so many laws. We understand these things. The laws are there for a reason. It's there for process. And you see, when you do not understand these laws in the scriptures, you will be engaging laws without understanding what these laws were supposed to do. In the Bible, we have at least four laws. But today, according to this teaching, I'm going to focus on three. We have the first one, which is the law of Moses. The second one, which is the law of the spirit of life. Or let me put it this way. The second one, which is the law. The first one, law of Moses. The second one is the law of sin and death. And the third one is the law of the spirit of life. Number one, the law of Moses. Number two, the law of sin and death. Number three, the law of the spirit of life. Three laws in the Bible. However, there is a fourth which isn't contained in our foundational Christian doctrine. It is more connected to the first verse of scripture in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1, which focuses on the law of faith. That's the law of faith. That's the fourth one, but not for today. Today, I want to focus on just those three laws, the law of Moses, the law of sin and death, and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So let's open our Bible to Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Sound, please help me up this a little bit. Yeah, so that I can hear myself better here. Are we there? All right, this is good. Are we there? All right, let's read together. If you're watching at home, please participate. And by the way, please let's share the link. Let's get everyone put on your WhatsApp status, on your Twitter, whatever it is. Let's get people to join into service tonight. If you're watching at home as well, please do, do that as well. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, the Lord told me it's a night of freedom. It's a night of freedom. And I, I just want you to follow me very closely. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. It says, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Next verse. Verse 2. Look at this. It then says, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from what? The law of sin and death. So if you look at the scripture, you will see that there were two references of Paul according to the laws here. The first law that you could see is that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The second law that you see is then the law of sin and death. So there are two laws in the scriptures. There are two laws in operation here. First one is this, that this second law or pardon me, let me put it this way. This first law is predicated upon the second law. If there was not a first law, there would not be need for a second law. So it was saying that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus was what made me free from the law of sin and death. Let me give you an, exa let me give you an example. You are very hungry and you go to Mamaput or you go anywhere to buy food. Alright? You want to buy bread. You get there. They have the bread, you have the money. Alright, you are so hungry you want to eat. You are very hungry, you want to eat the food. If you have money and they have the bread, all you need to do is that you need to give them the money to exchange for the bread. The moment you give them the money and they give you the bread, an exchange has happened. 
the bread no longer belongs to them. You are now the owner of the bread. But the money now belongs to them. An exchange has met, be met to meet your own satisfaction. So Paul was saying here that the law of the spirit of life was my exchange from the law of sin and death. Are you getting what I'm saying there? It was my exchange. If there was no law or the cash flow of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, I would not be able to get away from sin and death. Are you getting what I'm talking about? It's just the same way we are here right now. Many of you are buying your currency. All right? It's the law of the spirit of life in Nigeria that would make us free from the law of problem. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. So you see that there, the first two laws. Now let's open the Bible. You know, it's Bible teaching. So we're going to go one line after the other. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 15. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 15. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now look at this. He says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. The law of commandments contained in ordinances. Now, Paul was speaking to the Ephesians church here and was talking about the law of Moses. So whenever we see the law of commandments, of ordinances, he was referring to the law of Moses that God had given Moses uh, in the book of Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments that we have there. These were the three laws that you see that Moses, um, Paul was referring to. And all through the scriptures, particularly in the New Testament and the Pauline epistles, we would always see the cross-referencing and the referencing of these three laws in operation. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? And in a moment, I'll begin to explain it to you one after, one after the other, why those laws exist and the importance of those laws. Because it didn't only start out with the Mosaic law, which we call the five books of Moses, the Pentateuchs. It didn't only start out from that. The Ten Commandments didn't end there. Glory to God. It didn't end there. There was the law of Moses. There was the law of, the spirit, uh, the law of sin and death, which was orchestrated by the law of Moses. And then there is now what we call the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. How do they three operate? Which one are we operating in? Which one are you operating in that you don't know you're operating in? You know that some of us, the way we are behaving and the way we act towards God and the way we come boldly to the throne of grace, we bring the law, the, the, the Ten Commandments before God. That's how we are behaving. It's like we are still operating with the Ten Commandments. But we know that we have been passed from death to life. Glory be to God. That's why the Bible says, let us now come boldly to the throne of grace. Wherewith, so God is not seeing the Ten Commandments anymore. Now let me even put it this way. You know, if you look at the old world and the economy of the old world, any nation around the earth built their own laws around the Ten Commandments. We have plenty of lawyers and you can bear witness with that. Most of the laws that we see are connected with all the Ten Commandments. But is that the oppression through which God is still operating with us? We'll see it in a moment. Is it the Ten Commandments? Is it the law of sin and death? Or is it the law of the spirit of life? In Christ Jesus. You see, in Christianity, what you don't know, you don't know. And you see, what you don't know, I, I like to put it this way, in the realm of the spirit, there's no ignorance. Alright? It's not like I didn't know. No, you are supposed to know because it's in the word. And that's why we have teaching priests. That's why we teach the word of God. So that you can grow and develop in the knowledge of God. That's why Apostle Peter says that we should grow in grace and what? In the knowledge. Scripture says that we should study to show ourselves approved towards God. So it's very important. And that's why we must know these things. So that we can know what to apply and when to apply it. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. You know, 
in, in, in the law of Moses, it's about what you do and what you don't do. You, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not... Now, can you imagine if all of us were going through this thing? We are just all dead. But you know, this is how people still behave in their personal life. Even in the way we pray, sometimes we pray as though the God we are serving is wicked and is not willing to do it for us. It, it, so there's still that sense of the law, that law thing is still there in our minds. And that's why we are doing this teaching this evening so that we can have a biblical balance about the operations of these laws. So let's start out first. Let's look at another scripture, Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 18. Hebrews 7, 18. Hebrews 7 verse 18. We're going to read verse 18 to verse 19. All right. It says, For on one hand, there is an annulment of the former commandment because its weakness and unprofitableness. Next verse, verse 19. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is in the beginning the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw nearer to God. This better hope he was talking about here is the law of the spirit of life. This better hope. So let's take it one after the other now. So write in your notepad the law of Moses. Let's go into it. The law of Moses. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 1. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 1. And so God spoke all things saying, next verse, verse 2. He says, and the Lord's I'm your Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of the bondage. Next verse. You shall have no other God before me. Next verse. You shall make for yourself, a, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything in the heavens above, or that in the earth beneath, or that is in the waters under the earth. Next verse. You shall not bow down before nor serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate him. Please, Pastor, remind me that I want to teach on this scripture so that I give a biblical understanding to people what this scripture means. Because people think our God is just violent, just angry. So I'm going to show you, people. I'm going to visit your, 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 your father did. I'm going to show it to you. No, no, that's not what he's saying here. All right, but I don't want to get distracted with what the Lord has put in my heart to teach tonight. But showing message to thousands, next verse, verse 7. It says, you shall, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in... You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain... For the Lord would owe him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Next verse. All right. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Now from here to verse 17, because of time, you will see the Ten Commandments there. Now, what the Ten Commandments was given for is to put the people of Israel coming out of Egypt in what you call a circumference of order. A circumference of order. So that... The way they behave, what they do and how they act is in accordance to the thought and the intent of God. That was the purpose of that. So that there is a form of order. And that's why God loves order. Anybody that says God doesn't like to be ordered, that's not true. God loves order. And so the law of Moses was to help the children of Israel to put some order in their operations with him. But you see, that was not the full plan of God. That was not the full plan of God. You know that there are still teachings along those lines to today. There are people who believe very strongly in the laws of Moses. Thank you for this. Yeah. There are many people who still believe in all of this. And now, listen. Remember what Jesus said. I want to go out of myself a little bit. Jesus said, I have not come to do what? Talk to me. He said, I have not come to destroy what? The law and the prophets. What have I come to do? 
I have come to fulfill it. So what Jesus was saying in other words was that my death is the fulfillment of all of these things. The moment I die, I have fulfilled these things. So he was not talking about, oh, the moment you see me, then it means this thing no longer exists. He's trying to say to you that the moment I died and I resurrected, these things have been fulfilled already. So you are not supposed to be paying the price. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You are not supposed to be paying the price of what I have paid for you already. Glory be to God. Now, open your Bible with me. Okay, let me just give you a few things. Write this down. Characteristics of the law of Moses. What are the characteristics of the law of Moses? Number one, the stipulation of the law are bound up in the narrative of the exodus from Egypt. That's the Israelites' exodus from Egypt. The stipulation of the law are bound up in the narrative of the exodus from Egypt. Number two, the Ten Commandments is fundament, is a foundation, is foundational to the rest of the law. Because there are many other laws that came out out of the Ten Commandments. So it wasn't just the Ten Commandments. Glory to God. But the Ten Commandments were foundational to the rest of the law. Number three was that the law was very hard to meet. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Glory be to God. Have you noticed this? That anything they tell you not to do, you are likely wanting to do it. Yeah. So if they tell you, don't look at that TV, don't look at that side. Have you noticed this? I, and I crack this a lot. You're talking to somebody, and some, some of you that, you know, do these things a lot, you want to talk, you want to tell somebody about somebody that's coming. You say, don't look there, don't look there. Is that time they will look there? <laughs> say, that's what I told you not to look there. Because that's how it is. Whatever you say no to, people are willing to go and do it. That's how the law was. It's like stolen water being sweet. Anytime you say, don't take food or don't take something from the pot. Have you noticed if you go to the kitchen a lot, men, not women, women have a monopoly of eating things in the kitchen because they are the ones always cooking it. I'm, when I was growing up, I always wondered that my mom would be enjoying or my sisters because when they are just cooking the thing, they just, ah, the thing has finished. But have you noticed that fried meat, while you are frying it, is sweeter than when they bring it to you. Once they bring it out of the pot and they give it to you, sweeter. It's the same way <laughs> I remember I had one uncle who used to, I used to like fried plantain then, then. So when he's frying the plantain, he would call me. They used to call me Junior. Don't call me Junior. They used to call me Junior. I said, Junior, come, say, take one. So bring it like this with oil inside. I was like, you put it on. Like, yeah, he said, no, 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 don't worry. That's how your hand would normally do if you are eating So I'll be trying to. <laughs> Amen. It's more attractive. That's why some of you, even though your wife cooks for you very well, is that booker, that booker. That booker, point and kill. Is that the one? You want to open and say, Madam, that one, that one. Is that one, that one that is going to run your belly? So, <laughs> what am I talking about? I'm saying the fact that the law is designed in such a way that the things they tell you not to do is the one you want to do. And those were the laws of Moses. And you see, that was the... The, the challenge of some sort about the laws of Moses. Alright? Now, I've taught you about the, um, the repentance from dead works, so I don't want to go into how all of those things were abolished. You understand how it was all abolished? Yes or no? Alright, by repentance of dead works, you can go back and listen to that message. Alright? So let's open to the next verse, which is the law of sin and death. Law of sin and death. I'm getting closer 
some things. Thank you, Jesus. The law of sin and death. Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. It says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, we see the law of sin and death in the book of Genesis. I taught you during repentance from dead works. What is the law of sin and death? It means that God said to, um, to Adam and Eve, don't eat of this tree of good or knowledge from the day in which you eat of it. What will happen to you? You shall surely die. And we understand that the death he was talking about there was not the physical death. I taught you three kinds of death. I taught you the first death is the physical death. The second death is the spiritual death. And the third death is the eternal death, right? So what God was talking to him there wasn't the death of the physical body. He was talking about his spiritual death. That the moment you eat of this thing, you will die spiritually. And so when we talk about the law of sin and death, it's the law that came about when Adam ate of that garden, of that tree, pardon me. That's what happens, the law of sin and death. And that law was set in motion. Now the Bible says, if sin by one man came to the earth, how much more the abundance of grace? Now we understand that sin came by Adam to the earth, by one man. And so we know that the law of sin and death is in the fiber being of anyone who is not giving their life to Christ. It's, in, it's, it's permanently there. It's a resident, it has resident permits in your life. The law of sin and death. Now let's look at Apostle Paul in his commentary. And this is so powerful, so profound. But I can do a lot of teaching on this, but not tonight. Because I'm going somewhere. Somebody say you are going somewhere, sir. Romans chapter 7 and verse 14. Aya, what a night. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout freedom. Freedom. Thank you, Lord. It says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold on the sea. Next verse. It says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I would to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Next verse. It says, if then... I do what I would not to do. I agree with the law that it is good. Next verse. It says then that but now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Next verse. It says then, for I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. Next verse. It says, for the good that I would, for the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I would not do, that I practice. Next verse. It says, now, if I do what I would not do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwell with me. Next verse. Verse 4, 21. It says, I find then, are you seeing this? I find then a law that evil is present with me and one who wills to do good. Next verse. You know the law is talking about here. Hold on, just keep it there. The law of sin and death. He was talking about the law of sin and death and oppression in his life. He says then further, he says, for I, de- for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. Next verse. But I see another law in my member. Are you getting this here? I see another law in my member warning against the law of my mind and bringing me into the captivity of the law of sin which is what in my member I see another law next verse let's go to the next verse 
Verse 24, it says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Next verse. It says, but I thank God. Glory to God. Glory to God. He said, I thank God through Christ Jesus, Lord, who then with the mind I myself serve what? The law of God, but with the flesh of the law of sin. Now, the law of God, go back there, go back there. This law of God is talking about, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What is the law of God is talking about here? The law of God is talking about here is not just the law of God, is actually talking about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Because what did God come to give to us? He says, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So what Christ came to give to us is not only to enjoy the love of the Father, what Christ came to give to us is Zoe, the life of God. So when the Bible talks about the law of God in his member, he was talking about the law of the spirit of life that supersedes the law of Moses and supersedes the law of sin and death. So the moment you are born again, you've given your life to Christ, you now have a new law in your member. You now have a new law inside of you in oppression. It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now remember this. You know, before which takes me to the next third point with the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now remember this, that before we had planes, right, the Wright brothers, we had the law of gravity that says that anything that goes up must surely come down. No matter what you do, it must come down. Now, for a law to exist, but temporarily suspended, another law that supersedes it must come to play. Because it must be on a level that can bounce it down. So then, we then had what the Wright brothers engaged in and they saw, which was called the law of lifts. Which tells us that no matter the gravity that you have, there is a way this body can move up and stay up. So the law of lift has to supersede the law of gravity in order for us to have planes to fly. So also is the way that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus supersedes any other law. Are you getting what I'm talking about? That's how it is. So the law of sin and death is great, it's like gravity, but the law of sin and death cannot keep a plane down. In that, do you understand what I mean by that? It can't keep you down. Not a plane, it can't keep you down. Because you now have another law. Another law in oppression. Another law in oppression. Another law in oppression. Another law in oppression. What is the law in oppression? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, how do you get that law in oppression? The moment Christ died and said it was finished, and the curtains ran into two, and from that day, the moment you said you've given your life to Christ, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. Beyond all things that passed away, all things have become new. What happens? A new law has been set in motion in your life. Now, you are no longer tied bound by the former law. The former law no longer exists in your life. It's the new law you are now operating by. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Let me give you an example. You can't go to America and you enter into America and say that in Nigeria, in Nigeria, we don't used to queue. When we want to enter bus, we just fight and enter. You know you are going to the cell. Because the law there states law that there has to be order. So you can't take the law of your previous country and bring it into a new place you are in now. It's the same way many of us we have left away from, from this former law. We are now in Zion, but we are still operating like we are in this place. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So in this new law, you must engage with the new laws in that place. What does the new law of Christ say? I'm free. 
whom the Son says free is free indeed. What does the law of Christ say? I'm free. I have hope. I have faith. I walk by sight, by faith, not by sight. These laws are the laws of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You see, let me explain something to you guys before I go into the real deal tonight. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus there is not just one superficial thing that God did or Christ did. Christians, listen to me. You must engage this thing with your, with your spiritual senses. Because you see, the gospel in itself is too good a true message to be true. That's the gospel. It's too good to be true. Listen, I tell you the truth. If you try... Oh, how do I put this now by the Spirit of God? Okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can you catch air? But do you know that there's air? How do you know that there's air? You're alive. So you know that there's air. Abby? How do you know that there's God? Because there's God. You know, when we talk about some of this mind engagement, sometimes, and that's why you must know the Lord of Word of God so that you can argue back, and the Bible is very clear about that, right? But you see, there are certain things that as a believer, you have to actually believe it by faith. Because our kingdom is a work of faith. I tell you the truth. It's by faith. It's by faith. So you might not feel that you have the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, but it doesn't mean it's not existing inside of you. Can you see your kidney? Can you see? Say, this is how my kidney looks like. Can you see your esophagus? Do you know how it looks like? But is it existing? How do you know it's existing? You believe because they told you you have one. Because they told you you have one. If they never told you you have one, will you know you have one? How do you know you have a leg? How do you know you have leg, Pastor Dayton? How do you, are you sure this is leg? It's not rubber. It's similar to what is going on in Nigeria. Are you sure? Are you sure? You know, it's more you look, the less you see. The more you look. The more you look. Elulubara. Eluaba. Eluaba. How do you know? Because you were told. Or you can feel it. It's the same way you don't need to feel Jesus around you. He is there with you. It's faith. It's faith. It's faith. I See, listen. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is not an engagement in the external. It's inside. It's inside. It's inside. That is what Jesus came to give. I have come that you may have life and have life more. What? Abundantly. What is, what is Zohe? I call it this way, the life of the eternal. What is eternal life? The life of the eternal. Who is the eternal? God. So when we say you have Zoe, we are saying you have life just as God has it. The very life of the eternal. Life just as God has it. And guess what? That life suspends every other previous law that you have once experienced. Listen, best believe this. If that life says you are blessed, you are blessed. If that life says you are free, you are free. If that life says there is therefore now no condemnation, there is therefore now. I love that word now. It's not tomorrow. It's not later. It's now. There is therefore now, 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 no condemnation. To them who are what? In Christ. Meaning to them who have eternal life. The life of the eternal. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. 
So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.